Wildling Press presents How Do I Book? Welcome to How Do I Book by Wildling Press. We like to chat about book writing, book publishing, book marketing, and of course, book reading. We're trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft, widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. I'm Grace, and boy, do I have a treat for y'all today. I am joined by the one and only Valley Haggard, an absolute powerhouse in the Richmond writing community. Hi, Valley. Hi, Grace. <laughs> How are you? I'm really well, thanks. Um, that was quite an introduction. Oh my gosh, I'm not even I'm not even done yet. Let me tell the people about you. So Valley has published three books, The Halfway House for Writers, Surrender Your Weapons, and There's No Accounting for the Strangeness of Things. She's received Richmond Magazine's Teresa Pollock Prize, Style Weekly's Women in the Arts Award, and the James River Writers Emile Jenkins Award. Valley is also a Reiki master and shamanic Reiki practitioner. So yeah, she's pretty awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today, Valley. Oh, my pleasure. It's exciting to be here. Yay. Uh, Before we go any further, though, can you share your pronouns with us? Sure. I am she, her. Okay, perfect. Well, the rest of the wildlings and I have been wanting to have you on the podcast since day one, basically. So I'm so, so happy you're here. Let's just get right to it. I'm so excited to talk to you. So, Valley, can you give us just like a little thumbnail version of how you got here? What led you down this career path? <laughs> That's a big That's question. I know. It's a hard one for a writer to answer. I know. <laughs> um, well, I, I've always been passionate about writing my whole life, and then I started to hate it. As a paid writer, I started hating writing, so I decided I had to develop or find a way to not hate writing, mm-hmm. or I was going to be really sad for the rest of my life. I started teaching classes, the kind that I would want to take, that would be the most encouraging and the most fun and try to return joy to the writing process. So that's what I've been doing for the last, I think, 13, 14 years now. Amazing. Yeah, starting with kids and now working with adults. And so it's just kind of spread from classes to also uh, retreats and the various publications that have happened and individual sessions and just whatever fun things that um, I can find that people will agree to do with me. Cool. To keep writing alive. Yeah. 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 So it sounds like you've been writing for like your whole life. Is that true? Did you start really young and then also... Did you always know that you wanted to kind of build a life around writing? Well, I really wanted to build a life around reading. Okay. I told yeah. I told my mom I was going to grow up to be a famous reader <laughs> when I was little. <laughs> I was about seven. I love I that. I just devoured books. I devoured books and um, was kind of the nerdy, quiet, shy kid scared of, you know, P.E. and mm-hmm. um, This is totally unrelatable to me. <laughs> oh, right, right. Nobody listening can relate either. No. I'm quite sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my mom would make me go outside as a uh-huh. kid. Like, you have to go outside because I just want to read. Aww. And um, so, you know, I think it's a very natural progression to go from loving reading to beginning to write. Um, when you're when writers are your heroes, mm-hmm. it's like you just want to follow in their path and try to enter that world any way you can. Yeah. 
For sure. Is there anyone when you were growing up, any authors that you really loved and that sort of inspired you? Yeah. Um, my first true love was Madeline Langle. Oh, yeah. From you know, uh, Time. And I just, you know, she wrote in such a way that I felt like I knew her and she knew me and she loved, felt like she loved kids and that I could enter her universe. And um, I mean, I, I read tons and tons of stuff, but I just, she's the writer that as a young person just really stands out as somebody I just had that love affair with. And yeah. I mean, as I got a little older, middle school and high school and stuff, you know, I definitely branched out and started writing, you know, more adult writers. But I mm-hmm. guess as as the young person, I remember her the best. That's awesome. I love her too. And I think I also read, did you um, like do a workshop with her or something? I did. I got okay, to cool. do that. Yeah. When I was 17, um, she was doing a writing workshop at the Omega Institute, which is in upstate New York. And uh-huh. we had to be, eight, it was an 18 plus mm. workshop. And I was 17. And my mom encouraged me to write to her individually and ask if she would make an exception for me. Oh my God. That's the kind of person my mom was. Yeah. My mom just encouraged me every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. So I did. And she said, sure. And so we went up. It was coincided with my college interviews, like okay. touring, you know, going yeah. up to visit colleges and stuff. So I got to take a workshop with her, which wasn't a phenomenal experience for me. Yeah. And, you know, she was already in her 80s then, I think, and died. Oh, I mean, it wasn't right away, but I'm awfully glad. Like, what an an honor to meet her while she was here on this earth. I was reading a Richard Magazine article um, about you. <laughs> and <laughs> when you were talking about your time at the Omega Institute mm. writing workshop, um, you're quoted as saying uh, that you wrote a story that was sort of the genesis of everything you do now. Do you want to talk a little bit about the story oh, that yes. you mentioned and kind of about that experience? Sure, Grace. Wow, you're quite a great researcher. Oh my gosh, Thank you <laughs> I'm so, much. so impressed. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was basically the first kind of creative nonfiction class I'd ever taken. I'd only written fiction up to this point, and so it was the first time I was trying to write about my life, other than just in my diary. I really, I don't know exactly what brought me to the story of kind of you know, a central story of my parents' divorce. And that to me, you know, I guess every kid parents' divorce is, is, you know, a huge fissure in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also, you know, this this story I wrote kind of centered around my dad's alcoholism and his second wife, who was pretty wild, she left him for another woman, but she'd also like tried to strangle my dad because she was jealous of me Whoa. and she was pretty unhinged. And um, yeah, and there were just a lot of things I didn't know about when I was a kid, but that I'd found out kind of like right around this time that I was taking this workshop, like found out the the extent to which kind of um, their relationship was completely insane. And oh my they God. both, yeah, they both relapsed and ended up in rehab. Oh, <laughs> and wow. um, and so the story kind of centers around like um, me and dad moving after they got divorced. Mm-hmm. And, and then the things that I kind of came to find out about their marriage, but also just about my dad. And then mm-hmm. in some ways later about myself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So... How do you feel that that sort of inspired what you're doing now? Well, it was like, 
you know, it was this realization that I had access to stories that I had lived. I right. mean, it's like, yeah. you know, I had loved writing fiction, but I got, you know, totally fell in love with the line, truth is stranger than fiction. Uh-huh. And that became like this tagline that I just followed because it felt like weird things were happening everywhere. Uh-huh. And, you know, kind of coming into consciousness out of childhood and and right. looking at your old your own life and being like, wait a minute, some of those things weren't normal. You yeah. know, sometimes and, and you the- don't have that perspective. I mean, well, a lot of exactly. times as you're going through no. it and then and it could be something as simple as like having a conversation with someone about whatever happened and then they're looking at you like, uh, right. and you're like, I oh, know. wait everyone doesn't experience that what exactly exactly so I think I became interested in kind of like my both of my parents have very colorful lives and Mm -hmm. um lots and lots of characters coming through my life and and I was attracted to people I would describe as real characters (laughs) and so I just yeah that kind of style that also wasn't really I guess my fiction was kind of almost a surreal kind of um, or I wanted it to be anyway, a um, mm-hmm. kind of magical realism. Yeah. And this was the first time I was like, you know, just writing the truth is pretty interesting in and of itself. And That's I feel cool. like that thread followed me. So as I mentioned at the top of the episode, you've authored three books, and I want to mention them again, uh, The Halfway House for Writers, Surrender Your Weapons, and There's No Accounting for the Strangeness of Things. Can you talk a little bit about like your process writing each of those and how maybe that process differed? Sure, yeah. So The Halfway House for Writers, um, I call the handbook that got out of hand oh, because yeah. I, I had been asked to teach a master class at the James River Writers um, at their conference. And I was asked in January, the conference was in October. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I better write a few things down. Like I'm not going to bring handouts from other people. Right. I'm going to create my own handouts. Cool. <laughs> and so <laughs> I started writing down things that I kind of learned about the writing process uh, just from having done it and been teaching and, and stuff like this for a number of years. And so the list, the, the pieces just kept getting longer and longer and it kept kind of growing. And I asked, um, I was doing a barter with a friend who I was like, can you please make this like a pamphlet or like a handout? And what he presented me was a book. And I was like, no, it's not a book. <laughs> and I was actually devastated, Grace, because I was, when I got the galley, I just cried and oh cried and cried because I hadn't meant to self-publish my first book. You're like, so hilarious. <laughs> I was like, I didn't mean to do this. And I'll tell you, it's like one of the best accidents that's ever happened. Yeah. Because um, having no expectations for something really makes anything that happens pretty exciting. That's true. <laughs> That's a great way to do things. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's probably been one of the books that um, of the three that's been really the most popular mm-hmm. um, because I feel like it is just kind of the basics of everything that I learned about how to bring kind of joy back into the process and how to lower the bar mm-hmm. so that you're not constantly overwhelmed and thinking you're not good enough and mm-hmm. that you suck and that everyone else is better and that you have to have, you know, be a writer with a capital W. And, yeah. and I always felt unorganized, undisciplined, sloppy. And it was like, how can I take like the disaster of my own writing life <laughs> and kind of work with it? Yeah. You know, make it use use the things and develop my own style and not the one I've always heard about. Yeah. And so I think when people read it, they just feel kind of a relief mm-hmm. or permission, like, 
oh, it doesn't have to be what I thought it was. Like I can make it this thing that kind of coincides with who I already am. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also really about healing or writing wounds because I think mm-hmm. so many of us receive wounds in the writing process because it's so vulnerable yeah. writing. And people, like one comment when you're a kid about you don't know how to spell or this is a bad paper or and, and people can be really cruel and brutal and they might think they're being helpful, but it shuts people down in a big way towards yeah. their own creativity. Mm-hmm. And so my idea was kind of this, I think of this as, you know, that halfway house, like rehabilitation for wounded writers. Ah, uh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that happened that way. And that was in 2015. And then, you know, a couple of years passed and I was like, but I have all this m- new material that's kind Mm. of and I'd also been trying to write a memoir and I had all this new like stuff that I wished I'd put in the first book so I ended up just kind of this is going to sound like a quick easy process and it was not it was Mm. a mess and I didn't know what I was doing but I ended up kind of winding together the memoir and the handbook like kind of handbook too and when I'd give like I'd say like writing sex so then I'd share pieces I had written or from my memoir, like writing money. So then I'm writing about my own money experience. Yeah. So it's kind of a weaving together of memoir and writing advice. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, I think that that's also like a great way to do it because I think when people are reading a book like that, it's really nice when an author shares like their own actual experience instead of like hypotheticals and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just kind of blended together that way for me. Mm-hmm. So that was Surrender Your Weapons Writing to Heal. Yeah, And a cool thing that's happened with that is that's a book that's been used in prisons with incarcerated okay. folks and also veterans and a couple of other kind of communities that other teachers and other people have taken Surrender Your Weapons into other communities. And that's, that's just amazing. been really cool to see happen. Yeah. That is very cool. How did that come about? Were you reaching out to people or did people reach out to you? No, people found it. I'm the worst. I don't know how to market something to <laughs> save my freaking life. The other thing is, I will finish a book and then I'm just done with it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything else with it. I'm like, I'm <laughs> done. Been there, done that. And I I mean, literally, I'm like, oh, I don't have any more energy. I put yeah. it all into writing it. Mm-hmm. And so I have literally done like nothing <laughs> with Surrender Your Weapons or really any of them. The, mm-hmm. the reasons that I've written them kind of has just been to use within my own classes and just like the path that I'm on, but I suck at trying to <laughs> share. So, well, so really what's happened is just people have found that people who found them have contacted me and been like, Hey, I'm doing this. And I'm thought, yeah. well, I should contact other people and see if they want to do it too. And then um, I haven't, well, let's just say I haven't done that yet. Yet. I, be- I believe in you, Valley. Although very cool that it's just happening without you having to do anything. That's well, amazing. Well, on a small scale, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it, sounds, but it is. It, it is, is happening. Cool. And it sounds like, you know, your book is getting to people who uh, would really benefit from it. So that's really amazing. Yeah. Admit, you know, that is amazing. And it's kind of like, if it helps, I don't know. I used to have the big, like, New York Times bestseller, mm-hmm, Oprah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and thought I was a failure if I didn't achieve some kind of six, what what I called success at that time. Right, and that dream died a really just grisly death for me, and mm-hmm. I just don't have that dream anymore, and I yeah. just don't care. I don't even want it. Yeah. What I want to do is like have connections with particular people. Uh huh. Totally. And when that happens, it's so awesome, and I just don't have that big like. 
I have to be famous anymore. In fact, that sounds really awful now. Uh, (laughs) Awful. Well, I mean, it sounds like what you're after is really meaningful connections. And I think that 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 sort of, you have your own character arc in that way. And I think that that's (laughs) actually really beautiful. So, Valley, I think that how I first learned about you was through your work with Richmond Young Writers and Life in 10 Minutes. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about those endeavors and kind of what inspired you to get those started? Sure. Yeah. So I was on the board of the James River Writers Mm -hmm. and the director or the president of the board at the time kept asking me if I knew of a creative writing camp for kids because she wanted her her son to take creative writing camp. And I kept saying, no, I don't know of one. No, I don't know of one. And then finally, you know, it's like, how dumb am I? Why don't I just (laughs) teach a creative writing camp? Because that's what I wanted to do that. Yeah. How, I mean, it was like a two by four over the head and I kept (laughs) missing it. So I'm finally like, I'll do it. Yeah. And I was going to do it in her attic. But then it was like, well, I had been, uh, had developed a relationship with Chop Suey Books from Mm -hmm. doing book reviews for a long time. And and I was like, wait a minute, they have a, a gallery upstairs. Let me ask if I can do it there. And they're like, sure. And then because I'd been doing style book reviews, I knew a lot of authors. And so I asked them if they would come in and be special guests and stuff. And everybody's like, sure, yeah. Amazing. And then I asked the bird, I was like, can the kids come in and do readings on Friday afternoons? And he's like, yeah, sure. So they got to have readings. It just happened. It fell together really quickly, really naturally. And I was in love with it. Absolutely in love because I had gone to a creative writing program camp Uh as a teenager, but that was a sleepaway camp that was totally transformative. And that was the um, Young Writers Workshop at UVA. Okay, cool. Yeah. And I'd done it. I'd gone as a camper for two summers and then returned as a counselor for two summers. Oh, nice. It was just like, I don't think I'll ever go to a high school or college reunion, but I'll go to the Young Writers Workshop reunion every time. Nice. Like I found my people. Oh, gosh, that's awesome. It was. And so... To be able to offer even a fraction of that to kids here where mm-hmm. like the thing about the Young Writers Workshop that I took is they treated us like writers. We weren't kids at camp yeah. who were trying out writing. We were writers and yeah. they gave us so many fantastic opportunities with real writers who treated us with real respect and dignity. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I started doing that in 2009 and got a partner, Bird Cox, who's amazing. And she's actually... We did it together for a very long time. Yeah. And then I kind of peeled off and she has held the reins and is doing her own wonderful things with Richmond Young Writers to this day. Amazing. So it's been about 14, 15 years. And I had been writing for Style and working at Style's offices as well. Mm-hmm. And in 2008, like many, many other folks, I got laid off. And my husband had just decided to become self-employed brilliantly mm-hmm. <laughs> right before mm-hmm. the whole crash. So we had like no health insurance. We had, we were eating like rice and beans. We were a mess. Yeah. We were a mess. That's scary. And so I, I know. I really, I started teaching adult classes just like out of desperation. Wow. Because yeah. I was like, I. I need to try something. And I just knew I would like die and commit Harry Carey if I had to go (laughs) like do a full-time copy editing job because I'm a terrible copy editor (laughs) and I'm a terrible like employee Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a lot of ways. So it's like, I mean, I was making the choice 
to kind of be poor mm-hmm, obstinately, mm-hmm. but I also knew like I'd rather be poor than dead. Well, sure. <laughs> like emotionally, spiritually, yes. mentally. Yes. So, um, and people thought I was crazy because, you know, I wasn't just running out to try to get a job mm-hmm. with health insurance, but I started a class at Black Swan Bookstore, which is no longer there, but it was at right. Robinson and uh-huh. Maine used and rare books. And I had a writing group that met there every Tuesday night for years. And I was like, what if I taught a class there at night? So I asked the owner and he's like, sure, here, you know, you still have the key. Go ahead. So I put it up on Facebook, which is my only marketing tool that I've ever figured out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to go with what you know. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> and um, and it filled like the first class I put up filled. And I left that class thinking that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Uh, like it was just joyful incredible. and magical. Yeah. yeah. And so it's just grown little by little by little since mm-hmm. then. You know, I, then I started teaching in a couple of different bookstores and coffee shops. And eventually we got a space above Chop Suey and then a space like further down in Carytown, which, which is like a workshop writing studio. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit and, um, and I eventually, a couple months in, gave up the studio space. Bird's still there with Richmond Young Writers, luckily. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I started taking all my classes to Zoom. And then also, now that we're do- I'm doing some in-person things and just finding different ways to do it, but also a lot of retreats, trying to find more in-person ways together. That's cool. What would you say you love most about writing? You could, it could also be about teaching. I know that you've described writing as transformational. And yeah. I just I just would love to hear you speak a little bit more yeah, about that. Thank you. So I have really over the years, like I was talking about kind of the death of the dream mm-hmm, of like sure. that, you know, the New York Times bestseller list or whatever. Yeah. And after that dream died. I just started focusing on the process rather than the product. Mm-hmm. And what has really always been true is that the process of writing has changed how I feel. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I think so many people can relate to this. You sit down and you just feel like shit. You feel like terrible, desperate, crazy. And you write for a while and you're like, you know what? I feel kind of better. And the way that, you know, when you're in a group doing that, the group energy, everybody can start out feeling one way. And by the end of a class, everyone feels differently. And mm-hmm. it's it does over time, I, I just realized that writing is energy work. It yeah. changes our energetic state, which is why I st- started studying Reiki and mm-hmm. shamanic Reiki to like to really look at how how are we changing our energy? What can we do? Mm-hmm. And so I think about writing now much more in terms of like, how we feel and what's happening mean to us while we write rather yeah. than what comes out of the writing. And lots of amazing things do come out of it. But I think if we're too product focused, you know, it just can be soul stripping. Mm-hmm. And you kind of miss out on, you know, so my classes, everybody does some really deep, intimate, like soul bearing stuff, maybe not right away, but that's kind of the direction everyone's going. And to share your shit within a group the stuff you've been the most ashamed about it's so freeing it just it can take off like years and years of shame and secrecy and feeling alone and then you find out other people start writing about their experiences of similar things and you just also you know they've done a lot of scientific studies Mm -hmm. on what happens to us physically after doing creative writing expressive writing yeah it lowers stress hormones and we're able to heal more quickly, like on a physical, but also mental, emotional levels. And 
when we listen to other people read their expressive writing, the brain releases oxytocin. So we have the love hormones Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) along with like stress reduction. And it really, truly, you physically feel different. You definitely touched on this, but Mm -hmm. my next question is like, how do writing and energy work come together for you? Um, I don't know if you can expound upon that at all. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. It's one of those things that's so experiential. It can be a little bit hard to talk about. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. I think that when we can get ourselves in a a calm, balanced, kind of meditative state, Mm -hmm. we're able to drop down to a deeper place and access stories and access memories and access parts of ourselves Mm -hmm. for our writing that we might not always have a meet like just easy access to. So I think a lot of kind of doing the energy work can help us bring up what needs to be written. It kind of works within our subconscious Mm -hmm. to aid in the writing process. Yeah. And I think the writing process opens up stuff within us that we then can do some uh, energy work and releasing to kind of clearing some of the darkness that comes up and some of the feelings that come up in our bodies we can kind of um, work on clearing and expelling what's held within us and what we're ready to release. Valley, I know that you offer private sessions and workshops and retreats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're doing it all. You're doing it all, lady. <laughs> um, can you can you talk about what someone might get out of like each of those and which option would be best for like someone who is looking for like, a particular outcome? Yeah, yeah. I would always really recommend to everyone starting with a workshop because the group experience offers something that writing alone just never will Mm -hmm. because everyone's doing, I mean, everybody has their own safe space and the feedback is very, our first draft writing is very protected. So there's no like, there's no critique process per se, but everyone is encouraged and people go deeper and deeper and deeper into those stories and we prompt each other. So within a group of other writers, you're getting ideas are coming towards you all the time to how to how to further your own writing process because we're both listening and reading and re- reading our own work out loud so so many different things are happening on a lot of different levels in a class but some people for reasons of either privacy or they have a really specific project they want to work on and really need some structural help or accountability deadlines That kind of thing will set up private sessions. And also I do private sessions for like a Reiki and writing session where we'll do kind of that experience that I just described, where we'll, you know, get into those meditative states and then see what comes and then write about it and then do some clearing and Reiki to kind of find kind of a wholeness. Sometimes when we write at a really deep level, we just feel so open and exposed. Yeah. And I think the energy work is a way of kind of putting us back together a little bit. Um, so those would be individual okay. sessions. The workshop I do, I would recommend it to, to everyone and anyone because it's such a neat experience. And then retreats are, they're really special because, and we don't all have the opportunity to do retreats for various reasons. But if we can, I feel like it's not, I don't feel like it should be considered a luxury, even though I know that in, for many people, it, it just will be. I, but I right. think it's a necessity because it's such a deep way of refilling. And we're in a crazy world, in crazy times. We're busy. Everything's insane. And to be able to step outside of that for a little bit and really refuel, nourish, fill up, get kind of a an overview, like an, a sense of where we are to feel creative and 
to feel heard. And, um, you know, it's just invaluable because then you can take that back into your world mm-hmm. with this renewed energy and a, a way to kind of give back or re-enter your life. So I'm doing a couple different retreats right now and kind of a new process for retreats that I've started. It's called the Healing Narrative, where we've spent, it's a four-day retreat and we do work on our personal timelines and an archetype work and our hero's journey. And in those ways, we really can kind of look at our whole lives in a different way and kind of find where we are in the mythological realm, (laughs) Um, you know, within the world and ourselves. And one of them, we're also going to Yogaville for part of the time to do some, you know, just add in some different modalities. I have one coming up in Virginia Beach. We're going to go to the Edgar Cayce Institute and do some dream work. Fun. Yeah. So I think like... A lot of people just don't give themselves the gift of time and nurturing. And, you know, and I can especially say there are so many women and caregivers Mm -hmm. who are giving so much to others that they're kind of in like critical condition and really need to give to themselves. And this can be one, one way to do it. Yeah. So can people sign up for a retreat through your website? Is that? Oh, helping? yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ballyhaggard.com. <laughs> and I and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I'm offering a retreat in Costa Rica <gasps> with another writer named Anoa Mancho, who's just absolutely incredible. And we're doing it together in March 2024. And she's a yoga teacher and a writer. And I'm going to be doing energy work and writing and you know, it's going to be in Costa Rica. Oh so gosh. there's going to be like um, waterfalls and volcanoes involved and stuff like that. So good. Yeah, I think. And Anoa, one of her like yoga specialties is like yoga for rest. Okay. I love that. <laughs> it's like none of the like <laughs> fast, um, aerobic yoga. This is yeah. like about it's restorative and, and restful and intuitive. So anyhow, yeah, that's, that's something I'm excited about too. That's amazing. So one thing, well, one of the many things that I love about you, Valley, is you're just such a part of the writing community here in Mm. Richmond. And I was wondering for authors who are looking to kind of break into their local writing communities, Mm. what advice do you have for them? And how have you successfully established so many lasting connections? Because truly, I feel like you're so well connected. It's amazing. Well, thank you, Grace. I think that what I have found is if you can't find what you're looking for and or you get rejected from what other people have, you just have to do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of been like- You've my, done that That's so been many my times. guiding light yeah. so many times. Like I was really desperate to get back kind of in the writing community after some time away, like about 20 years ago. And I asked to join this writing group of these people that I'd, and I'd heard about it. And like, they rejected. I mean, they actually wanted a submission. Oh, I see. And then they said, no, we don't want you in our writing group. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just didn't even consider that a possible outcome. Yeah. I was like, you know, and so I was like, oh, that sucks. You know, it hurt my feelings. Uh And then I was like, well, I'm just going to start my own writing group. And then then I did. And we met for years. And it was like such a supportive, wonderful, amazing group. Joining the James River Writers 
was something I would definitely recommend to anyone in this community mm-hmm. who feels isolated or wants some writing connections. They have stuff going on all the time. It's a nonprofit. They have a lot of workshops and it's a great way to get involved and meet people and get connected. Also, for me, it was like just taking writing classes. I took classes at the VMFA. That's actually how I met a lot of other writers back when I felt really, really disconnected. And any kind of writing class you can find, whether it's mine or at the Visual Arts Center, or, you know, there's all different kinds of writing groups you can join, but try meeting people that way. And if you can't join them for any reason, start your own group. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, I I don't have thick skin, which is something that's supposedly a requirement for writers. Mm -hmm. And so I had sent my manuscript out and it I got two rejections and I just couldn't take it anymore. So I started a press. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, I can't deal with that. I don't have thick skin. But what I realized, I was like, you know what? In this day and age, if I want a book, I get to have a book. Yeah. It might not come into the world the way I thought it was going to, but I am not a helpless victim of like big book. Right. You're <laughs> making it happen. World. Yeah. yeah. You, you, and we all can. Yeah, we all can. We have agency. We can find wonderful groups like Wildling Aww. who can help us along the writing mm-hmm. process. We can, we can make a zine. I'm from the era of zines, you I know. Zines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can do zines. Oh, blogs, well, the internet. I mean, we can write and get our work out there without having to pass through the gatekeepers. I think a willingness to put yourself out and that's what you have to do in some way or another by joining, um, showing up at different literary events. Man, I did a lot of that. Yeah. I just showed up at lots and lots of readings. I just threw myself in really hardcore for a long time. And now I'm kind of like, I'm too tired. (laughs) I don't want to go out at night. Yeah, that's fair. I'm like an old lady now. I'm like, oh my God, it's six o'clock. I, I'm a pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, I get that for but, sure. Yeah, but in my prime, I mm. did a lot of going out and, yeah. and joining things and um and reading authors' books and mm-hmm. and then talking to them about it, stuff like that. It's really important to just be very authentic, I think, when you're putting yourself out there and stuff. It can be hard. You feel like you've got to like present yourself in a certain way, maybe, or yeah. something like that. But I I think that you're so authentic and that's definitely something people should take away. It's just like be yourself, be persistent, and make it happen. Yeah. You know, I think that's why I'm not a fiction writer anymore. I'm a terrible liar. I can't put on a (laughs) face. I can't pretend to be somebody else. I can't pretend to have a thick skin if I don't. And so it's like been, it's felt like a curse in some ways. One of my mentors says rejection is redirection. So I have felt rejected so many times and then been like, okay, well then there's something else. And it's Mm -hmm. grabbing onto that something else again and again and again. Yeah. (laughs) Got to get back up. I love that. Valia, I know you're so busy. Clearly, as we've discussed, you have a thousand things going on. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But is there anything you want to talk about in terms of just like what you're doing now? Any projects you're working on? Oh, yeah. Well, I've been working on a project for a long time that's kind of finally coming together, which is I'm making an Oracle card deck. called the Sacred Circle Writing Oracle. And it's 88 cards, each with kind of a different prompt and a different sigil, which is kind of a symbol that I think is representative to me of of what that prompt was. And um, so I'm 
in the process of having those kind of printed and using my artwork and stuff. So hopefully that will be kind of a, I don't know, I love Oracle card decks. So it's kind of like I love books. I'm like, I'm going to write. I love Oracle card decks. So So that's something that I think is just fun that I'm working on. Yeah, I think, gosh, you know, I always have a million ideas kind of Mm -hmm. happening simultaneously. And the reality is I usually need to just pick (laughs) <laughs> a couple and uh-huh. I'm kind of in the t- in a period of like okay just chill yeah <laughs> just chill for a minute just chill mm-hmm. that's good though <laughs> I mean that's a great place to be it is yeah it is. and as a reminder you did mention the retreat that you're doing in March so just uh, yeah. that sounds super fun so <laughs> yeah what are you up to Grace what am I up to yes. I feel like I'm super busy too um you know just publishing books out here. Just that's amazing. We had Curse Coven come out in September, and we nice. just had Lavender Speculation come out this month. So we're very excited to have a couple new books out there in the world. Can't wait to see how they do. I know that those authors listen to this podcast, so shout out to you guys! Um, congratulations. Um, so yeah, so we're just we're we're just working. We're just That's trying so to wonderful. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're just really excited about the books that we currently have in production and can't wait to see them come to life. So Yeah, congratulations. Thank and you. It, it's so important. I mean, being like a book midwife. Oh uh, yeah. You guys are doing beautiful, beautiful work. Beautiful. You, work. Valley, you are doing beautiful work. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you again for coming to talk to me today. I appreciate you so much. Are there any social accounts or anything you want to plug real quick before we wrap up? It's all real simple. Yes. <laughs> it's that. real simple. It's all just Valley Haggard. I'm on there. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. And then that's my website too. Perfect. Everybody check out Valley on social media. Check out her website. She's amazing. Thank you so much, Valley. You're the best. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Grace. And that's how you book. This episode was produced by me, Grace Ball. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Our theme music was produced by Jason Hilton at Negative Selections on Instagram. Please visit us online at Wildling Press on social media or at wildlingpress.com.